0: this is roy Lilly. well what's the purpose of policy maybe there are four point to what would be defined as success remove or resolve ambiguity point towards best practice and define standards policies tie together mission values vision and culture our policy is to ensure everyone who eats in the restaurant leaves full of wholesome value for money food with the memory of a clean, bright place hosted by friendly, competent people and they'll want to return. Well, is that a mission? Yes, but it's a policy where procedures, compliance and adherence all get jumbled together into a set of rules, ambitions, goals and values, giving the North Star. Stop the boats. It's a policy. It needs legislation, international cooperation, policing, compliance, the whole bag of the government's mechanics of government, including changing the law to make it lawful to ignore the law. (laughs) Housing policy, defence, education. If you look closely, they all have an element of vision, wishing and hoping, and some grounding in the practicality of how-to. Policy also helps to keep everyone in the organisation on the same page, keep the organisation running smoothly, keep employees across what's expected and how they're supposed to do it. Political policy is probably a poor example. Well, pick a topic, defence, procurement, NHS IT, levelling up, stop the boats, I could fill the page. And as we inch nearer to an election, and over the weekend it was announced that Sunak has just given civil servants permission to brief the opposition, we're likely to see more policies. Look for the gap between policy and implementation. Political policy is implemented by people at the sharp end, who are rarely properly consulted. Moreover, the layers of management, bureaucracy and organisations that sit between policymakers and the doers conspire to create fog, bear traps and sometimes cussedness. And some policies are just plain daft. Now, the putative Secretary of State for Health, Silly Boy Streeting, will soon be benefiting from NHS England's briefings by people whose colleagues, in one way or the other, is insulted, criticised, traduced and pronounced calmly upon. Hopefully, Matron will give him six of the best. (laughs) His big NHS problem ever mounting waiting lists. Now, Silly Boy's policy to deal with it involves taking money from people who are unlikely to be around for him to take it. That's the non-DOMs, of which only 500 are really wealthy and will be long gone. And I linked to an interesting article in the FT, which isn't paywalled this morning. And people, paying people, NHS people, to do extra work in their own time. Doctors and nurses paid overtime to do waiting lists. Now, he seems oblivious to the fact you can't do an operation without the car parks being open, security on duty, estates on call duty managers, bookings and admission clerks, nurses, surgeons, imaging and ether six recovery staff, pharmacy catering, OT, physio, transport, and I'm sorry for not mentioning all the other folk involved in Mrs England's new hip. It's a shed load of money. Some staff will be pushed into a higher tax ban so it probably won't be worthwhile and overtime is generally not pensionable. I doubt the silly boys thought about any of that. He's also oblivious to the fact that before November last year NHS organisations have been chasing a target to increase elective activity to at least 105% of the level seen in 2019. Now it was a big stretch and to do this They racked up costs in staff overtime, running clinics and theatres at weekends, and NHS England's total overspend at that time was around £1.7 billion. He's oblivious to the fact the NHS is already sweating overtime, and the capacity for him to order more will require an eight-day week. And No doubt he has that in hand. He's oblivious to, if we are serious about the NHS being a safety-critical industry, a lorry driver can only sit behind the wheel for nine hours and an airline pilot can only fly for ten. How do you fancy lying on an operating table, knowing the surgeon has already worked 12 hours today and plans on doing 15? The anaesthetist started at 7 in the morning and it's now 9.30 in the evening. And the nurses have already worked 60 hours this week, and no one's had a proper break. Do you feel safe? No one has the power to command overtime, and when the pressure's on for trust to bring down Labour's lists, the squeeze will be on staff to do extra time, should they want to or not. And that's when the bullying starts. Silly boy is oblivious, naive, ill-advised, and in my opinion, stupid and dangerous. Don't vote Labour until Charmer brings back John Ashworth and some proper policy. Thanks for listening. This has been Roy Lilly and I hope we'll speak again soon.